And it was mm-hmm. so broken. I mean, I know every entrepreneur says this, but like, I feel like we have the right, like we have the right to say that about home warranty. It's such a broken space. And, you know, mm-hmm. all the way from regulators cracking down on home warranty companies to just complaints from clients who think their home warranty plan covers something and then they find out it's not covered or waiting weeks for service to happen. And there was so much to fix. And some of it was easy fixes. Some of it is more complex fixes, but we felt like we could create a really good product in that space. Welcome to MGA Founders Podcast with Socotra CEO, Dan Woods. Tune in each episode to hear Dan chat with innovative MGA founders to learn their stories, their challenges, and their visions. And now our host, Dan Woods. Baton Slachter is founder and CEO of Armadillo, a tech-enabled MGA providing subscription-based home warranties for homeowners and landlords. Baton, good to see you. It's been a, man, Dan. It's been a little while. Yeah. I know that like, um, let's see, I've probably known you for like four or five years now, but then it seems in the last um, year I've been seeing you a whole lot more as the conference circuit has warmed up again. I feel like our relationship like comes in spurts, you know, we see yeah. a lot of each other in short periods of time and then we don't see each other. And then, yeah. Most recently was on ramp. I know you were on, um, you're on a panel I led that was really cool. Um, we had a handful of CEOs and it was, um, interviewing them on, on getting live and the process learnings and so forth. And that was, uh, that was really exciting. And I'm thinking of it right now because I think I first met you at an on-ramp conference and oh, it must have been twice. So I think it was, the, it was the first ever on-ramp conference at Chicago, uh, at Chicago at Soldier Field. Maybe um, even before, maybe, yeah. maybe even SVIA. Maybe. Really? Silicon Valley. Something. That's possible. Yes. Yes. Um, I know I spoke at a couple of those early on. Wow. That's good. That's going, that's going way back. Very <laughs> cool. Of course, you were at AIG. Uh, at the time, and we were talking about ways we could collaborate there. But once you made the leap into um, being a startup yourself, there's been a whole lot more to talk about, and we go to more of the same conferences. So that's been pretty cool. Uh, with that, um, why don't I start with uh, with that? How did so you're at AIG? What what were you working on at AIG, and what's the story of how you made the jump from working at one of the biggest insurance companies to working at definitely the smallest insurance company, which is the one that only exists in your own head while you're just getting started. Right. You know, I, um, you, you may notice Dan. I started my career as an actuary. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that was my first role at AIG. Before that, I worked for a reinsurance company for a couple of years, but I spent 10 years at AIG. My first role was as an actuary, a pricing uh, actuary. Um, and I was always restless. It was, uh, it was just the way I was. And I wanted to try and do everything. And my aspirations back then were more of a, I wanted to be a product leader, not, not in the context of a tech startup, in the context of insurance. So uh, manage mm-hmm. a profit and loss, a P&L for a product line, homeowners insurance, whatever it is. Um, so I realized I needed to do more than just pricing models for actuarial, actuarial pricing models. So I did a lot of different things. I went from uh, actuarial to underwriting to operations. At one point, I was um, uh, the chief of staff to one of the CEOs there, which was uh, an incredible, oh. incredible experience. That's when... Which one? <laughs> which one? Uh, Gorg, That's a... Gorg, Gorg. Um he, okay. he was the CEO of AIG's personal insurance business. So it was about oh, I got it. Okay. percent of AIG. Um, I, 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 I interact with Peter Hancock quite frequently. So it'd be one of those small Peter, moments. 
He, he actually lives, so I live in Westchester, New York. He lives in Rye, New York, which is yeah. Aiken from here. Um, um, so yeah, so I did a lot of different things. My One of my last roles there was head of market disruption. Really, I was responsible for um, uh, bringing in new MGA programs with innovative insure techs and underwriting those programs. Um, so we did a lot of that. We also did a few investments, but we didn't, we weren't a venture, uh, Edgy didn't have a venture fund. Yeah. So any investment was really a one-off. But is that what brought you to OnRamp and SVIA? Yeah, you know, yeah, yes, I, I, I took a lot of interest in insure tech a long time ago. Uh, even before I became the head of market disruption, I was just I just thought it was fascinating what was happening in the beginning. That's when you and I met. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's what brought me to OnRamp and a number of different conferences. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's probably the reason. So to your original question, that's probably the reason I I, um, I knew at one point, I knew it might have been four years ago that I, I wanted to start my own thing. It was just a matter of finding the right product uh, or, or industry. To get into so it sounds like i mean you had the entrepreneurial i don't say entrepreneurial bug you have the entrepreneurial dna and you got within this huge organization and and maneuvered to the end of this organization that's closest to entrepreneurship i i love that yes. like over a long yeah, period of time it happened I, I i never thought about it that way but yes uh that's what happened now, whether I have the then, DNA, when yeah. the, whether we end up building a successful and big company, it's a different question. Well, what do you mean, whether or not? But you know, you know, okay. yeah, you never know. It's a high risk endeavor. So, okay. And then, I, well, how did you think about taking that leap? I mean, obviously, it's a it's a whole different risk reward proposition. Um, you know, AIG is a little more stable than a typical insure tech. Yeah, you know, it, it was a big leap. So when, when I jumped off almost two years ago now um two kids home mortgage dog um very high bills i wasn't going to pay myself nearly as much as i was getting paid at edgy not that i was getting paid that much but uh, it was way more than i'm getting paid right now um um so it was a big jump and it was a family decision more so than an individual decision mm. um uh, but it wasn't a jump of let me let, let me leave edgy start building something in my garage and then try and raise money um, I knew that there there would be backers when I left Edgy, so there was a yeah. little bit of a safety net. Um, it wasn't a full, yeah. you know, leap of faith. Well, I mean, it's it is still it's still the leap. I think that okay, I I would say that as it's not that the leap was any less; it's that the leap was smarter. So I, I get I get asked just as a CEO, as CEO, I get asked all the time for people like, oh, how did you raise money? How did you, you know, what do you think of my pitch decks and, and so forth? And I say the number one thing you need to do to raise money is before you quit whatever you're doing before, like have a network of people who are going to invest in you before, no matter what you do, have, a, have those backers ready to go. I mean, that's just kind of, I see that's kind of part of the, part of the preparation. So if you want it, yeah. So I, I feel there's a, there's a whole generation of folks that do, I call it pitch deck American idol where they like, they think they're going to put on this performance in front of the panel and then yes, they're going to win and get the funding. And it's just, that's just not, I don't want to say that's not reality because Maybe there's some places where it works that way. That's not my reality. That's not how I've seen it. I've seen it. You call it the people you know who know you and have seen your work and and know how to vet you. And they're, I mean, every VC is looking for a good investment. 
Uh, you and I know they're all looking for investments. I connect up with an investor. Hey, you seen anyone good? What do you, what do you like? A hundred percent. You know, and I didn't know that when I left AIG. So it sort of organically happened. There, there was just okay. people I was talking to about that what was percolating sort of in my head. Um, and slowly what happened was, you know, the right people said, Tan, I'm going to back you no matter what happens. Yeah. And that's, that's literally one person who is now my co-founder, you know, chairman of the business said that essentially. Um, so it, it happened organically. If, yeah. And if I knew now, or if I knew then what I know now, probably would have done it more consciously, but I just didn't, you know, yeah. sort of. Hey, better lucky than good, right? Yeah. <laughs> <It worked> out. <laughs> right, right. So tell me about your co-founder. How did you meet? And it sounds like someone's been really helpful to you. Yeah, Winston Robbins, um, special guy. So he's a uh, serial entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's actually built a business, a number of businesses that, that were acquired um, by big companies. One of them was AIG, which is the reason we met. But he built he built a, a warranty, an extended warranty business, ServiceNet. Mm-hmm. So if like you have um, um, Apple Care on your phone, uh, or if you go into Best Buy, you buy a dishwasher, you get extended warranty. That was his business. Um, and him uh, and a few partners. That's right. He, so he's working at AIG. No, he. he I think he joined AIG for maybe a year and a half or a year, okay. um, whatever deal they had with AIG. But he, he left shortly after. One of his partners, Kevin Callahan, um, was also now a partner of Armadillo. He came on board and he ran that business for AIG. Um, so they sold that to AIG in 2012, uh, and I got very close with with ServiceNet right. with that AIG business. I didn't know Lenson back then, but I knew everybody else. Yeah. Um, and then some of that crew left AIG three years ago to start a new insurance company focused on warranty businesses. And I reached out to them and I said, hey, guys, I really enjoyed working with you. I'm thinking about starting my own thing. And they introduced mm-hmm. me to Winston. Uh, but then he started a pet insurance company, which MetLife acquired in 2020. The very, just a very successful businessman. Um, he has sort of, he has an eye for spotting talent. I don't want to say anything. I'm, I'm biased, but but he's done that. He's he had he's had people run businesses. Um, he was the CEO of some of these businesses initially, and then he would bring someone in um, and and sort of groom them and help them grow the business. So he's uh, he's been a very special person in this journey, uh, and probably the number one reason I had the confidence mm-hmm. to uh, be AIG. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's something. It sounds like you knew that I did not know as an early entrepreneur is the importance of founding team. Uh, having uh, of the founding team as I, I really started it on my own and um, I'm, I'm a bit of a jack of all trades. So it's not that I needed another person for expertise per se. I mean, not obviously I could have found someone who's a better expert than I in any one place, obviously, but I wasn't coming in as like having all business experience, zero tech or, you know, all tech, no idea how fundraising works or and so forth. Um, but Wow, in those early days, it would have been fantastic to. Uh, um, <laughs> and the emotional yeah. support, you know, I, uh, it's 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 tough because I, I don't have many people I can talk to about the day to day things yeah. that are happening. Um, and Lenston, he's the chairman, so he's not day to day in the business, but I can talk. I, I, I talk to Lenston a few times, mm-hmm. you know, a week, sometimes once a day. Um, outside of Lenston, there's no some there. There's really no support system. I guess I can hit you. I should I should be calling you. Um, you know, for a founder, other founders, oh, me. you know, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's been great having someone to 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 run. Th- you know, we get we're we're trying to land a big deal. Uh, we get a no at the end; it falls through. It's good to have someone else to uh, to share that stress. Yeah, with. yeah. Or just say, hey, what do I do with this? Sometimes, right. like, you know, right. I mean, I don't care who you are as a founder. You're going to hear more no's than yeses from VCs. If you and, and you know, if you're if you're looking, <laughs> if you're if you're looking around, I suppose. Maybe if you just hate fundraising, if you have the combination of hating to fundraise and your business is that good, maybe there's a situation where they kind of come to you, but even that's not going to work past the Series A. 100%. 100%. So you're saying I should get ready for a lot of no's. That's what ready for a lot of no's. I mean, like the seed, the seed was a lot easier. I didn't get a whole lot of no's in the seed. Right. In, the, in, the, in, the, in the seeds, because it's like early on, I'm coming out of a successful company and, you know, got some early backers and snowballs. Um, right. A was where the no's start coming in. And then after that, you're going to get no's just because at that, after that, it's about numbers and pricing. Yeah, it makes complete sense. So we're yeah. not there yet. So we're just getting into, uh, I guess, our next round will be Series A. Um, and we were, to your point, we we're fortunate until now. Fundraising until now has been smooth. Yeah. How long was it just founders until the first employee? Um, a month and a half. Okay. It was quick. Okay. We had someone. We had someone who was helping us before enjoying the business. He's now our CFO, Tyler Thompson. Um, so uh, as soon as I left AIG, and we had the the first tranche of investment in we brought him on uh, full-time right uh, and we outsourced technology you already know this we were outsourcing technology completely the first mm-hmm. year um so those were technically not full-time employees uh i don't remember how long until the next one okay all right and then how long uh how long you've been working on it all together you mean before before Just, uh, when, when did you start what was the company founded uh, um, March, 2021. Uh, and we launched our first product September 3rd. Okay. So less than just that we were almost a year old. The, pro- the first fun. product is almost a year old. Okay. Fantastic. Yes. Yeah, we're recording here, uh, mid August 16th. So, um, that's pretty nice. Um, that's a, that's a, that's a nice pace we, to, get, that's to get live and really cool. We, we, we're, we were born in the pandemic, so we're fully virtual. So yep. during that first year birthday, we're going to have our entire team, which is 12 people strong today in Louisville, Kentucky, all together the for first the first time. time, celebrating one year product, meeting each other. I mean, I've met most people, but yeah. some people I haven't seen yet. We, we don't even know how tall we are. Yeah, you know, I mean, I know how tall I am, but um, I think we have two guys who are really tall. I, I just can't tell. <laughs> That's the biggest shock. You <laughs> yeah, meet someone right. you've been talking to for over a year, and then you find out they're like this tall or this tall. So yeah, some yeah. people have tall faces or short faces, but the bodies <laughs> are the, the exact opposite. So it's... <laughs> well, yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's been uh, and as you can imagine, like we've probably done a four X on our head count or something like that since the beginning of lockdown. Right. Um, so right. It's been, that's been, that's been a recurring thing that just doesn't go away. I mean, every conference I go to, I, there's, probably someone there from Socotra that I'm meeting for the first time. And you, you like, guys I'm meeting all these people for the first time, but I'm meeting you for the first time. What do you do a lot of offsites? Do you... um, well, 
teams do individual offsites on like, well, like everyone else was still figuring it out. So right. maybe on a, you know, a department will do an offsite on approximately a, you know, one year cadence. Um, there's, you know, like one department that hasn't gotten around to doing one yet. So we're trying to make sure they definitely do one soon. Um, I don't know if any of them have done two. Oh, sales has done, more, has done a bunch more. They tend to do more, um, because they, 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 they travel all the time anyway and they, they get together and do their, you know, quarterly reviews and things like that. Um, so the departments have a good amount of autonomy to decide how they're going to do it. But in terms of the whole company going together, I mean, we've got like, I think seven employees in Australia and I think four or five in Europe now. Mm. Um, that may never happen. That like literally every employee in one place at the same time. It's kind of odd to think about. I just, uh, you know, I, I can imagine like again. you having a huge offsite and you're driving there with that license plate that I can see on the screen right next to you that says Socotra on it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, just getting in there, superstar, amazing. Oh, that thing? What is that? Is that, is that, yeah. is that real? Is that a real license plate? Oh, yeah. Okay. So um, let's see. I, um, well, I was living in the San Francisco Bay Area for the last you know, 15 years. And during lockdown, I, I went to Nevada for, I basically waited out lockdown Nevada. Um, this was uh, left there by mid 2020 to mid 2021. And I was in Reno and I, I got in 30 ski days. It was pretty, pretty, pretty awesome. Um, I had this, I, I thought Reno was going to get a little more. Um, I, I, I did call that one correctly. I thought Reno was going to get a little more attention because I'm like, okay, I heard people leaving a lot of people leaving Silicon Valley uh, Incline village was just exploding. And I'm like, okay, well, this is just a little further from Incline village and it's by an airport. So people who do business could, you know, live there, whatever, um, didn't work. Turned out Austin's the place people were moving. So, um, <laughs> okay, fine. I'll, I'll see what's really happening. I'm in Austin. That's fine. But I mean, now it's quite an insure tech scene here. We've got more customers in Austin than any other city. Well, you know, that's what we had in, you're trying to figure out in the beginning. But it is a, it is a real license plate that was actually on my car. <laughs> that is really cool. That is really cool. And that, and by the way, Austin, um, I think what yeah. I, when we met earlier this summer, I was telling you that we were looking to move to Austin too. That's what we had in common. That's what we were looking for. Oh. That's the common denominator we were looking for. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, so, well, the, the, well armadillos are naturally occurring here. So I, I, I know, I know. And, and not everybody likes them. So that's uh, that's a thing we need to work with. I've seen one a few times. Like, well, there's, I, I don't know much about like what problem they would have i guess i don't know if you got pets do they mess with them i've got no idea what armadillos are. you could probably tell me i don't even know i don't even know the next week we'll, have the week after that, we'll have rhino and the week after that i'm trying to think like what uh um <laughs> what other um insure texts are named after animals I, um i'm sure there's a bunch more yeah we, we have a bunch we have a bunch now yeah uh, zebra hippo rhino uh, zebra yeah that's one i missed zebra, zebra right? they're they're here in austin yeah, and, and Hippo okay. is uh, the CEO lives here. So I think their headquarters oh, is still here. Um, oh, oh, you're talking about Rick Carson. Rick, yeah, Rick. Rick. Oh, he lives in Austin. Okay, good to know. Yeah, he lives in Austin. Yep, they have. Okay. They've got you know quite a setup downtown. Nice. So, um, yeah, quite a bit going on there. Now, I've um, kind of joked when I look at when I look at the names of all the InsureTech MGAs, it looks like a second grade spelling test. When I, when I look at a lot of these, <laughs> <laughs> it's like these words that are like that you learn to spell around that age. Um, 
I, I don't remember who did this. Someone, some, some uh, insurtech CEO that had another animal name as their company name said, "Welcome, Matan. Welcome to the animal kingdom of insurtech." When, when, when yeah. Summer deal. I, I guess it's just yeah. a, it's a thing. <laughs> awesome. So. Yeah. And then, um, of course, SEO becomes a thing. I know Socotra is the name of an island. You, you, most second creators are not familiar with it. It's, it's an island. Really, I thought it was a tree. Africa. Oh, no. The, the tree, the dragon blood tree, it's called the dragon blood tree. And it's found on the island of Socotra. And the logo is a stylized dragon blood tree. But the, the, the Socotra is the name of the island. And by the way, I'm totally mispronouncing it. It's got some, uh, you know, local dialect, Farsi, okay. Arabic pronunciation that i'm not going to attempt because i'll get it horribly wrong um but um yeah and the, the the name for it there was um it was a code name for a project that uh, i was working with a private equity firm that was fixing up insurance companies and they they were evaluating all the software and they had a code name for the project of figuring out software they call it project socotra i'm like i'm chatting with them early on I'm like well what's what's socotra and he said, "Oh well, that's uh, that is this crazy island uh, that's got plant and animal life. It's part of amazing plant and animal life, part of Yemen. And if you read Google Dragon Blood Tree Sap, it's called Dragon Blood Tree because um, the sap looks like blood. It's freaky. You see a picture of a log; it looks like the log is bleeding. It's it, it's kind of nice. and crazy looking trees that look like giant umbrellas. Anyway, um, I said, no, what's Project Sakocha? I said, oh, that's our code name. Figure out what we're going to do with our software because we have no idea." And for some reason, I just phonetically liked the word. Um, it took us probably two, three years to get on the first page of Google results. Um, it took to take a long time to be number one because the Wikipedia page for the Atlas Coach is number one. We've been number two for quite a while. I have to imagine when I look at some of these, like how long did it take Hippo to get on the first page of results? Um, Armadillo is maybe a little less common, but I mean, how do you think about SEO? You know, we... Um... So we're not doing too much direct to consumer, even though it would be great to be on the first page. So we haven't we haven't invested too much capital into into that. Even though we do have we do have a marketing person that continues to look at SEO. We're not we're just starting to kick off a blog. Um, we're going to start putting content out there and doing some backlinking. Uh, but our main our main source of revenue is B two B two C. So we sell most of our plans today. I'd say ninety five to ninety nine percent even are sold through partners that are selling our product as opposed right. to well, yeah. let's talk about that what kind of what kind of partners and and how do you recruit them yeah so uh, you know the, the, the biggest source of our new business is through real estate agents um mm-hmm. buying a home your real estate agent might say hey you're moving into a new home you really should think about a home warranty sometimes they'll even negotiate credit for your home warranty from the seller or in your, your new home um so we have a, a number of sales reps field sales sales reps that you know, their entire job is to build relationships with uh, real estate agents and real estate brokerages. And we get a lot of uh, orders through that space. Insurance agents, uh, insurance agents, specifically homeowners agents, um, take our product and sell it as, a, as, a, as another risk management tool that sits right on top of our typical homeowners insurance product. Um, uh, that's a new channel we're building. Um, no other home warranty company has really looked at the space. Some have looked at the space, but they haven't been successful at it because um, they were trying to fit what home warranty was into the space. So we're, we're taking a little bit of a different approach. Um, then we have a few other channels that are, we don't have any dedicated individuals uh, in those channels, but they have a lot of potential. So we're sort of experimenting. But those are the, those are the major two. Okay. And then uh, how do you 
Um, actually, I should have got more into the product, but we'll get there in a moment. How do you recruit and grow the network? Um, grow the network of what? Network of... Uh, distribution. How do you get more people selling it? Yeah. Um, uh, in the insurance space, we've hired our VP of uh, insurance and partnerships, Liv Kaufman. Um, she comes from Openly. I'm sure you know Openly. Um, yep. And before that, she worked for an independent insurance agency. So she has all the relevant experience and all the relationships. So she hit, you know, she hit the ground running. She signed up, I want to say over 80 or 90 agencies that are now selling our product just based on our relationships. Um, uh, she knows how to speak the language. She knows um, um, how to engage those agencies. Um, um, so that's how we grow it. And some of the agencies are small, local shops right around the corner. And some of the agencies are mega, very large with agencies across the country. Uh, and and obviously those are much higher potential, but a lot more handholding and training different agents across the country. So very scalable, very, very, very good channel for us. Real estate is very local. Uh, it's driven by those reps and build yeah. those relationships. If you don't have a rep locally. That's what I'm thinking about. So it's not like you can just sign, one, you know, do one big biz dev operation and get all of them. It's It's got to be a... I don't know, trench warfare to go into, you know, city by city and get them. It is. It is. It's Salesforce driven 100%. And uh, you're managing salespeople who are building these relationships day in and day out. And if they leave that market, then another home warranty company will take over. The good news is that our product is so much more consumer centric that it's really easy to get the attention of real estate agents because they already know old traditional home warranty, but it's still, you know, still hard. If you have, if you have a realtor as a relationship with another person, to take over that relationship, it's, you, you know, you have to have really, really good uh, relationship people. Yeah. And then um, I think I skipped ahead a little bit. Uh, tell us a little bit more about the, I mean, home warranty, but um, home warranty isn't a new concept. There's um, right. Also, I and mean, we were talking, you know, before the recording, we we're talking a little bit about how, about the way you're in an intersection of a few different um a few different industries with its own players. And I'm kind of curious, you could kind of flush that out for viewers, listeners. Why do you, how do you fit into the ecosystem? Yeah. It, you know, some people, they hear home warranty, they get lost in the, that narrow industry, mm -hmm. which is, it's not a small industry. It's actually a pretty reasonable industry. But when we first approached the problem, what we looked at is the fact that people spend, I'd say between 1% and 3% of their home value every year on home repairs. So like between you know 2000 all the way up to $20,000 a year, just repairing, maintaining things in the home. Hmm. Um, very high engagement. So you think about homeowner's insurance, you'll have one claim every six to eight years. Home repair services just happens multiple times a year. Something is going to break unless you have fully new construction. And even then things break. So we looked at that problem. That was I learned that over the last year. <laughs> Here you go. Here you go. Right. Um, so we looked at that and the home services industry generally is like a half a trillion dollar industry. Huge, just huge industry. And the mm -hmm. question we asked ourselves is how do we get in there? Um, you had you had the marketplaces of the world like Home Advisor and NG and uh, Thumbtack and all of those. And then on the other side of it, you had these like personal property management apps that reminded you to maintain things. And both of those segments were really interesting. And everybody is trying to figure out how to get like recurring revenue, like create subscription play. Yeah, I'm a homeowner. Let me subscribe to Thumbtack for, you know, discounted services and, and all that. And then you had this segment that not many people hear about, depending on what state you're in, home warranty. And it was so broken. I mean, I know every entrepreneur says this, but like, I feel like we have the right 
Like we have the right to say that about home warranty. It's such a broken space. And, you know, all the way from regulators cracking down on home warranty companies to just complaints from clients who think their home warranty plan covers something and then they find out it's not covered or waiting weeks for service to happen uh, or waiting weeks to get a check in the mail to get reimbursed for an expense. And there was so much to fix. And some of it was easy fixes. Some of it is more complex fixes. But we felt like we could create a really good product in that space and use this established space, which is already a subscription-based yeah. recurring revenue space. That has a big real estate distribution channel that's already working yeah. to get and in. People know exactly what it is. I mean, oh, you have your own right. version of it, but you're not selling some new strange concept. Exactly. Exactly. Especially in states like Texas, California, yeah. Nevada. Like think about Nest. Nest wasn't selling smart home right away. It's like it's a thermostat. Got it. I know what a thermostat is. Oh, it's a better thermostat. Got it. I know what that is. And then you found your way into discovering smart home. You're you're exactly right. Now the 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 cool thing is we figured we can get in through home warranty and create a much better product and therefore be better than this the, that that segment. Uh, but then over time, we can, as we get into someone's home and build trust with them, we can offer more and more services, like just the uh, cover non 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 covered home projects uh, or maintenance projects. Um, so I think home warranty is the perfect place to come in. We think the distribution channels in home warranty are broken. Uh, real estate is just one, but then there's insurance, like I mentioned. There's a few others that we're not talking about publicly. There's one other big one that we're working on. We won't mention it in this in this podcast, but that's a very scalable, just like big sort of clients and buy our product for for their members, um, um, and we think that's a perfect way to come in uh, to build a business. Well, speaking of the growth, then um, talk a little bit about like where are you live right now and what traction you've gotten. Where, what yeah. stage are you? in a year and a half to be done? Gotten anything done in terms of like real traction selling policies? And any number is impressive. Um, so you got live really fast. Yeah. How much have you gotten past live? So, all right. So we um, uh, the company was born March 2021. We launched our first product September 3rd, 2021. So a little bit less than a year ago. Um, uh, and we're, we we launched our real estate channels like three months after our first subscription-based product was launched. That was in December. Uh, we're seeing great, without men mentioning specific numbers, great month over month growth. We, we, we basically, um, we've gone from nothing to a very nice number of plans sold and, and recurring revenue in, in within five months of being in that channel. Uh, and it keeps and it keeps growing. Um, on the insurance agency side, we have insurance agents who are selling the product. Uh, we have a good portion of our new plans sold are from the insurance space. And then that new channel that we're not talking about mm -hmm. publicly. Yep. That's where we're seeing the most the most amount of traction. Right. Signed up, we signed up a big. This is all set. A big carrier, insurance right. carrier, signed up a big um, platform um, uh, that's very relevant in that space. We've signed up a number of large clients uh, that we're going live with uh, January first of this year, and mm -hmm. a number of um, brokers that 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 are set, selling through that space. So, without mentioning the space, that is incredible traction. And then there are a few other channels that that are experimental, but have a lot of uh, potential for us. So yeah, a lot of traction on the distribution side um, and, and the product development side. Oh, and we launched a new construction product in July. Mm -hmm. So if you are in oh. new construction, yeah, we have a special product for anybody who moves into new construction. That basically because the risk is so much lower, everything is new, we cover more time. We cover five years instead of one year for the same price. Essentially, that's, oh. that's a new construction. Hmm. 
Hmm. We should talk about that. What states are you in? Uh, we oh yeah, so we are in. Um, we're technically in all fifty states. Our okay. biggest our biggest state is Texas. Um, uh, I want to say second biggest is Kentucky and Indiana and Indiana. Right. Those two, uh, but we are we are nationwide. Okay, and you got a lot of operation in Kentucky. Right? Yeah, I mean, you're New York. We were yeah. I'm in New York. Um, we were born in Kentucky. Um, uh, my my co-founder Lenston is, is from Louisville, Kentucky. Tyler uh, was our first employee and our CFO uh, is in Louisville, Kentucky. Our offices are right across the river in Clarksville, Indiana. Um, it, it's not well known, but uh, that area is like the hub of warranty in general because GE huh. had a hub there, UPS had a hub there, and hmm. a lot of um, actually my my co-founder started an, a warranty company almost 30 years ago there, a lot of talent, uh, in the space, a lot of talent there. Uh, you'd imagine better, better cost base than New York too. So, so <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's great. And then of course I have to ask, you've been spending a lot of time in Kentucky. Um, are you, a, are you a bourbon guy or, a, or a rye guy? Oh, totally a bourbon guy. We actually, I can't believe I don't okay. have it with me, but we have a, we have a, like a private, like uh, we created a, um, a mix like an armadillo mix and we have um armadillo mix woodford like reserve armadillo 180 bottles i'm going to send you one uh i think yes. is the best way to get you one uh it's yeah. really cool really cool or bring it to itc actually don't bring it to itc i'm headed from there to europe for dia uh, munich um right next to this other conference called oktoberfest but um, I don't I think that's still strategic. DIA is like, oh, no, no, it's a conference, everyone. Yeah, right, right, right. Because oh, they used to do them in early October, and then they just moved it a couple of weeks. And I'm like, strategic. Um, uh, so actually, no, I don't want to carry that around to Europe and back. But yeah, actually, Woodford Reserve is my go-to when I'm in, oh, I'm in a place that doesn't have, I Blanton's if I can get it for bourbon. Um, but if it's just like, they just have kind of the, normal things um it, it's going to be wood for reserve every time um, that's awesome so, yeah. so. it's a tasty it's a tasty I'm, I'm just going to ship it to you i never just have a glass of rye i use rye for drink for uh manhattans which is a little passion of mine is perfecting manhattans and um i always use rye for those i they can do a bourbon but i like them i go with rye but I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be too honest with, with on this podcast. My wife and I have been on a dirty martini run. Oh, I just, we just it, it, the past month has been dirty martini month. I don't know what it is. It's just been happening. Oh. And she's, she's vodka. I'm gin, but it, that, I was going to say gin or vodka. Okay, yeah. all right. I, I'm going to fall down the vodka side of that thing. I'm afraid. So we'll no, agree I, on I bourbon it. versus rye, but disagree on gin versus vodka. Um, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Then let's see here. I mean, we're, you know, we're going to be, um, you know, coming to the end of time, uh, the time here. The only thing, um, question I've got is, so, you know, we've got people watching, listening, um, what kind of people out there, what kind of listener viewer is someone that you would like to talk to who should reach out to you and how do they find you? Yeah, recruiting for or want to partner with. It sounds like some agents. Yeah, we, 
We're still a small company, but we are, we've been recruiting and growing um, and we will be. So, you know, definitely keep a lookout. We'll, we'll post those on LinkedIn and through mm-hmm. other forums. Um, uh, we have a lot of happening in the insurance space and in the PNC insurance space. If you work for a homeowner's insurance company, MGA insurance agency, you want to learn how to take Armadillo and add another revenue stream and a great product and a touch point where you talk to your consumers more often than you would have otherwise. And by the way, I have to say this, and I've been on the other side, I worked at Edgy for a long time. We had a lot of IoT companies come to us and say, you know, pilot this water sensor and this sensor, and it will be good for your loss ratio. We know what people have in their homes. We know what appliance people appliances have people have in their homes. And we know how correlated each appliance and brand type, water heater, whatever it is, how correlated they are with water damage, fire damage. That data is probably more correlated to loss ratios. And I'm an actuary by trade. We don't yeah. have the timeline. We need, we need you know to show two years worth. Mm-hmm. But that data is probably more correlated with loss ratios for homeowners insurance companies than anything else. If you want to talk to us and learn what we're doing there, um, which no one else in the home warranty space is really focused on, mm-hmm. it's a big problem we're solving, uh, you can reach out to me uh, on LinkedIn. Um, uh, I think really? LinkedIn is link. Just reach out to me on LinkedIn. Yeah, That's easiest way to find you. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, and then, of course, check out the website, armadillo.one, O-N-E. That's right. Um, very exciting. And, of course, when all that information comes together, that's really going to have a lot of benefit for, for the end user um, to be have great experience and not be overpaying. That's right. That's right. So, Dan. All right. Madon, great chatting with you. You too, Always. man. You too. We'll see you at ITC? See you at ITC, for sure. All right. Listeners, viewers. Find Matan at ITC. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Take care. Bye now. We hope you enjoyed this episode of MGA Founders Podcast, brought to you by Socotra, the policy administration system modern enough to power today's most innovative insurtechs. Visit Socotra.com forward slash MGA to see why more insurtechs trust Socotra than any other core platform. You'll find links to future episodes in today's show notes. Thank you for listening and make sure to subscribe and help us out with the review.